In 2018, Twitter identified nearly 4,000 accounts associated with a single Russian-owned company, which were responsible for close to 176,000 tweets in the 10 weeks leading up to the 2016 presidential election. That same company was spotlighted in the official report on the investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 presidential elections released by the U.S. Department of Justice in 2019. The investigation revealed that the company had paid employees, referred to as specialists, that were responsible for posing as U.S. citizens and political activist groups on English-speaking social media platforms. When posing as individuals, their goals seemed to be weaving pro-Russia propaganda and disinformation into seemingly non-political ponderings of your everyday citizen. This company has been linked to spoof websites that try to pose as credible news sources and sources of information in order to spread stories that are either false or misleading and aimed at widening divisions within the geopolitical landscape of not only the U.S., but around the world as well. This case file, the theorists dive into the world of disinformation and the factory of fake news known as the Internet Research Agency. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing, Case File 144, Internet Research Agency. I'm Comrade Braden. I'm Comrade Zell. I am Master Daniel. And I am Comrade Andrew. Good greetings. <laughs> I can't keep that up. No, I can't keep that one up. <laughs> it's a hard accent to do. Welcome, comrades. Um, we've dived deep into Internet Research Agency. Um, should we just get right into, why don't we fire up the Randomatron, get a story. Let's start with the Randomatron story. Start with that week. today? All right, here start we go. That. Mix it up. And story. And story. And story. Uh, this is from Casey. Uh, thanks for sending this one in, Casey. Uh, anyways, this this happened in about September. I was doing a lot of traveling for work at my previous job, and I was driving from Oroville, California, back home to Boise, Idaho, for a week that I had off. I already worked a 70-hour week. It's about a nine-hour drive, not too long, but was already exhausted from work. So I started getting a little, getting tired a little after getting across the Nevada border into Oregon. So a ways into Oregon, I decided to pull over, take a quick nap on the side of the road. It was a little after midnight. I was in the middle of nowhere, no cars on the road, just woods on either side of me. So I was sitting there listening to one of your guys' podcasts relaxing when I had to take a piss. So I got out of the truck and I did my business. I was just on the outside of my truck on the passenger side. And from where I was, there was about 200 yards of field before the tree line. And I happened to look up and saw someone. 
standing just on the outside of the trees. I had all my work tools with me, so I grabbed my flashlight and shined it on him, and it appeared to be a man wearing an elephant mask. And as soon as the light hit him, he took a step forward, and I ran back into the truck and took the fuck off. No way in hell was I going to sit there and see what that was all about. That's how you get murdered. But it definitely woke me up and did not stop driving till I got home. And that was the story. I hope you fellas liked it. I have some more haunting stories from when I was a kid. Uh, So if you want to hear them, let me know. Yes, send them in. Casey, that's Casey's weird elephant mask story. It's weird. Uh, I have there's a I have a friend on Vancouver Island, and he said that one time he was driving in the woods with a buddy, and they were stopping and having a beer or something. And as they were sitting on the forestry road, like a group of like nine people came out wearing like um, like indigenous masks, and they just kind of walked around the car and came out of the bushes. And then they just all like walked back into the woods and they were like, what the wow. hell was that? They peeled out, but like, man, especially like midnight, seeing someone just wearing an elephant mask sitting in a field. It's like basically yeah. indigenous eyes wide shut party. Yeah. <laughs> Not somewhere you want to be. Not somewhere you want to be. Password is orgy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for the gangbang. Oh, that's a cool all story. Right. Yeah, thank you. If you want your story read, send it to alientheorist at gmail.com. Use random Tron story in the subject line. And let me know if you, I can use your name or not. Anyways, the Internet Research Agency. What's that all about? Dan got us going down the rabbit hole here. Well, basically, we're, what, what I've learned so far from looking into it for a week is we are currently in World War III cyber zone. <laughs> it's happening right now as we speak. Can't trust anything you read. Yeah, I wouldn't say that you're wrong. It feels uh, that way. The Internet Research Agency, as vague as it sounds, uh, is an actual company. Is You look it up, it's Internet Research Agency, IRA, LLC. Um, it is a Russian-based company, uh, organization, which has been alleged to engage in operations to interfere with political and electoral processes in countries beyond Russia. So they've uh, there's been accusations that this, this agency has been propagating disinformation against countries like Ukraine, places like Syria, um, and also in the United States. Uh, they are included in the indictments uh, that were a part of the Mueller report. So this is something that is maybe not a lot of people have heard about, but if you've heard about the Mueller report, it's in there. Yeah, you heard you so, like it was you heard about it briefly in the news, but it, it seems like something like this should have been way more widespread, like through the media of letting people know about this thing. But it was just like, yeah, it was in a few things here and there, but it wasn't very much on like the public or like a mainstream media at all. This couple well, of quick stories here and there. Like, you know, up until about four minutes ago, I thought we were doing a podcast on the Irish Republican army. So <laughs> it's good to know. Andrew's out. And he's out. Yeah. Yeah. And else is new. I looked up all this stuff about car bombs and now I have no idea. <laughs> it's, it's a weird thing. Cause like even before looking into this, you know, I'd heard about, 
uh, you know, the Russian trolls are at it again. You'll see every now and then on Twitter, you're like, oh, the Russian trolls are really at it again. The Russian bots, this, but like, I never realized that there's like an actual agency that's behind it all. Yeah. Like it's a right. and funded there is, program. There is very, what you really hear about most of the time is like, if you, if they t- talk about in the media, they don't really mention the specific agency. They really just equate the internet research agency with Russia because the IRA is a, seems to be a state funded and has been connected to a lot of political figures, a lot of uh, um, at least a couple of oligarchs and and people who own a lot of the businesses in Russia. Uh, so before we all get into that, we need to talk about <laughs> Russia. Like disinformation seems to be something not just in recent times, but going back like deep into the Cold War. Right. So it, Russian disinformation campaigns is not something new. It's not something that they just came up with and that they've, uh, you know, they, they discovered the Internet and they're like, oh, we can just put out as much disinformation as possible. The KGB during the Soviet, you know, during the Soviet Union days, during the Cold War days, they were doing this. They were they were perfecting their craft. They they knew the importance. They knew the significance of uh, disinformation, which um, if you kind of distinguish between the two disinformation is different from propaganda so some people kind of use the terms interchangeably but uh disinformation is is information that's used to deliberately deceive somebody while propaganda is trying to convince somebody to believe in something um now when we looked into this I gave you guys a documentary from the New York Times to watch, Operation Infection. Yeah. uh, Which basically lays out uh, what the KGB used to call active measures, or it's like active measures or something like that. Active active measures. Active measures. Active measures. (laughs) Active measures is basically the equivalent of, or the, you know, let's get the strategic lingo of bullshit. Right. It was how active measures were what KGBs and what they said probably was 25 percent of a KGB agent's job, actual job was propagating disinformation to in order to subvert or delegitimize uh, governments or persons of interest or uh, governments. In themselves, right? I mean, it w- w- didn't it say something like these guys were getting about seventy five percent of the budget, like the the actual, like they were saying, like only you know there was a super small amount that was actually going towards actual spy and espionage, and the rest was getting funneled into the uh, the disinformation and whatnot. Right. Uh, what they said was like the the KGB early on realized that most of the the resources were better uh, were better spent on releasing disinformation. You know, getting people to you know you don't the, the aim was not to have a war. It wasn't foment like an actual war because you d- you didn't want that. You know, most most Russians still remembered world war two and it was like fighting a ground war was something that you didn't want to do. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, in the documentary, at least one former KGB agent, uh, relates his philosophy or the philosophy of the KGB where it's like, you don't want 
to fight an actual physical war. What you want is you want the other country or the enemy to turn in on its on itself. Right? It's much easier. And this is before the internet was around. So these these motherfuckers were playing the long game with a lot of this stuff. They're Indeed. just throwing stuff out there and being like the amount of stuff that like has stuck isn't surprising, so I can't even imagine how much <laughs> Which just thrown bullshit out. <laughs> like tabloid bullshit was thrown out around the world. If twenty five percent of their job is just to come up with mis like disinformation campaigns and then like bounce it off each other, like what do you think about this one? What do you think about that one? <laughs> what do you what do you think about this, uh, comrade? Oh, comrade. Uh, bad Dude, boy, comrade. loose in New York. <laughs> <laughs> so day one on the job. Basically, what we do today is we're going to shit in your hand and throw it to the wall and hope it sticks. <laughs> Basically. And, and that is not entirely inaccurate when you kind of put it that way. Um, look, yo, let's look, tell them uh, Nostradamus has a very negative uh, prediction of this year. <laughs> Send it to National Enquirer. Yeah. Uh, from the experts who have studied uh, these disinformation campaigns and the ones that they have done throughout the decades, uh, there's kind of like seven real. Uh, moves that they pulled from what you could kind of call a playbook or a toolkit or toolbox or whatever you want to call it. So first one is what they would say is to find the cracks. So find the cracks in a country uh, equates to, you know, finding any type of cultural, racial, economic divide, cultural divide Religious. in a country, which you can exploit, Right. <sighs> If only there was a perfect climate for that right now. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and see, number two would be the big lie. So once you find that crack, you want to write a story. You want to somehow uh, publish a story or some piece of inf or give some type of information that makes an extraordinary claim, something that nobody would possibly believe. Right. That it's like that is that's that's so crazy. Why? Why would anybody think that's actually true? So something like the uh, United States invented AIDS. Yes. <laughs> In 1970. Yes. <laughs> uh, next, you want to wrap that big lie around a kernel of truth. And, and this is very similar with with any lie or any type of like espionage is like you want to be able to. Take a tiny piece of truth and then kind of wrap, you know, all of your subterfuge, all of your, um, you know, whatever your narrative that you're going to have, you want to wrap it around there. So like Zell mentioned, you know, the the accusation that the AIDS virus was invented or created in U.S. labs in order to uh, in order to kill disproportionate amount of homosexuals and African and, descent and African Americans. Okay. The kernel of truth is that yes, Deadly AIDS virus in the beginning was killing a disproportionate amount. Of, and, and no one knew, really knew anything about it. Yeah. Like there was so much terror and fear behind it. They didn't know where much about it, where it came from, its origins. And there was just, there was already this fear. So there's like, there's your kernel of truth where it's like, well, people there's, it's already has this mysterious, like no one's seen anything like this before. 
Right. Then you have the next, you take the next step after your kernel of truth. You find that little Pete. You conceal your hand, uh, which usually means that you want to put the story out, but you don't want anybody else to know that you're the one putting the story out. What they did in this instance is they they just released information to uh, an Indian reporter out in India to run the story in like some small... Was called the Indian. Sun or something. A, a yeah, the paper, Sun. An English paper in India ran the story first about America developed the virus to target Africans and homosexuals, and then was picked up, proceeded to well, be picked up by other by the papers. No, yeah, by well, no, even before then, it was then picked up by Moscow, like an English-speaking newspaper in Moscow, and they cited their own story. The news- <laughs> their own story that they planted in India as evidence of this conspiracy. So like now, Dan, that was part of their strategy, though, correct? Like, they they in initially leaked stories like this in, in third world countries. Well, well it's not, easy to buy press. It's easy. Yeah, to- not necessarily leaked. It was more like engineered. So more like you would find, uh, you know, KGB, KGB agents were quoted, former KGB agents, uh, you know, outlined their strategies that they would look for. So you would look for reporters or newspapers or publications in third world countries, India, Thailand. I think uh, Japan was mentioned, but it's technically not third world at that point. But anywhere that was easy to buy press, you know, reporters could be bribed. Publications could be bribed to kind of just print anything. So that's the conceal your hand is having someone else publish it. Not like so, not directly. It's not just like Russian newspaper does it. They've done somewhere else and then cited from that paper, and it slowly spreads across the world. Exactly. Well, not even that, right? So next, you need to find your useful idiot, right? That's your next step. We've got a All couple right, of so duds on this podcast. Fu- we could use. <laughs> yeah, we got four, four of us. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it later, maybe in after hours. But we've we we have been useful idiots oh, after all- researching this. <laughs> <laughs> So your useful idiot is usually somebody who either that you pay or whether knowingly or unknowingly will verify your story, somehow lend it legitimacy in some way. So you could either find, you know, academics, scientists, any type of person who will kind of go ahead and support or lend an air of, you know, credibility to your story. At at least at least someone would be like. Well, yes, that actually, it may be plausible, even though if they don't really believe it, just them saying that, citing the initial story is enough to like, to, to do it. Right. Somebody who can produce a nice little quote yeah. to be like, yeah. With the AIDS story, they had two scientists that they were heavily quoting that were saying like, we can prove, like we found proof. We can prove that this was created in a lab. We found the evidence. Both these scientists were batshit crazy off the wall and they were married and they just never mention that like so you have these two separate scientists that they always refer to talk when talking about the aids being developed in the united states but they were both crazy and they lived together they were crazy together <laughs> you're useful <laughs> crazy idiots. in love yeah, crazy in love <laughs> uh so your next two steps you got your next one is deny everything deny 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 we did not ask do you it. about it I've never heard about that. You are uh, crazy us. for even accusing me of that. Why would you even say that? We would not do this. We would not. Yeah, 
what what is uh, AIDS you say? How you say what AIDS? You we love no, America. We, what we you give no about? foreign aid. And then last, uh, finally, is to play the long game. And if it's one thing that, you know, doing research for this and, and you know, other other topics that we've done, like one thing I can say about Russia is that they do know how to play the long game. Oh, yeah. Uh culturally if you think about it russia is it has a kind of advantage that some other countries don't have is that they have almost like a national identity which spans back like 500 years right maybe longer than that i mean they were they were russian before they were american colonies right yep. there was a russia and whether or not you know the governments have changed where you go back to the time of the czars you know uh whether it's communist, Soviet Union, communists, whatever, and now the democratically elected, I put that in heavy quotes, <laughs> forcefully <laughs> democratically quotes, elected, you know, government of today, Russia knows how to play the long game. And like Braden said, what, what they would do is they, they printed that story about the America, you know, they had that story printed in a, in a newspaper from New Delhi, a uh, small, small newspaper. And they waited six years for it to kind of, you know, Herculate. do its thing. They kind of left it alone, right? And then they brought it back into the limelight. And they were where it ended up, like that story ended up going on to national, like national U.S. news at one point, like Dude, on the eight headline news. news. Headline it's, news. It's still in pop culture. It's still in pop culture. Like you go into any, like you kind of look up any crazy, like crazy conspiracies on Google or something, you'll find one that says like AIDS was manufactured by the States for this reason. Like you will read the disinformation. It's everywhere. Like it's, it's lasted. Well, and it's, it's probably, it's not only that it spawned like countless people like dedicating their lives, researching it, right. Researching a story that was initially put out as disinformation has taken on a whole life of its own and has lasted generations. Now, every time we have a new virus come out, that people don't understand. It's always the rumors of it being developed in a lab and being leaked out. Happens. Well, it happened dude, with SARS. Par- happened with it happened with COVID. COVID was made dude, in a it's, Wuhan it's, lab. COVID. It's almost followed the exact same steps as what the KGB did with the with the AIDS pandemic. Is like you said. It, it all of a sudden you we're hearing it's developed in this Wuhan lab. Uh, then it's um, you know we have some doctors saying that they can prove it and they found this thing and you know it just all this information you know you have you have a president of the united states tweet tweeting these um well, these same conspiracy theories well that, that, that right? one i mean we could do a whole case file on that but that one's a little bit different in the fact that it didn't happen over years it, it's been like that's been the initial thought from day one <laughs> but that but, yeah, here's but i the don't thing. think the difference I, is, I don't think you have to long play it when you have the internet now you like don't spread like wildfire instantly and that's the dangers of like before they did play the long game because they had to, right? You would just throw these nuggets out at newspapers and see what caught. Now you don't have to. You can just throw everything, shock and approach, everything everywhere at all times. And that's what we're seeing. And that leads so, us from, from Soviet Union day disinformation to Internet Research Agency disinformation. Right. So now you have not only it's not just the KGB. Okay. KGB has been disbanded and you kind of have right now like the two kind of secretive organizations you have are like the GRU and the FSB, I believe, are the two kind of like secretive, you know, they're basically the CIA and the FBI of Russia. Okay. Um, The Internet Research Agency has been associated with those 
with those entities, uh, with those government agencies. But the big funder or the person who owns Internet Research Agency is a man named Yevgeny Prigozhin. Yevgeny Prigozhin. Yeah, this dude is he's titled as a kind of restaurateur, a caterer. Right, it's the nick- um, nickname of caterer actually, of lies. He's the nickname Deceit. of the, Kre- the Kremlin's <laughs> chef. Yes, he is. He is considered to be Putin's personal chef. And if you, be- you know, um, people who have looked into his past that this guy got his start, or he's even he's even self claimed that he got his start selling hot dogs on the street. Must be really good hot dogs. I don't know. Do yes, Russ- he's living a Russian dream. <laughs> From hot seat. dog to master of of spiders. <laughs> I want to just before we glaze over the fact that I, I want to make sure we mention that like Putin in his KGB days was heavily involved in these dis, like within the disinformation and the active measures um, playbook. Like he was very involved in in these aspects of the KGB. That's how that's how he grew. That's his his career. That was like prim- now, that was his, in his prime. He was doing that. Yeah. Oh, buddy, Putin's still in his prime. You see those guys' jujitsu videos? He's a badass. Are you sure it's not a fake martial arts? People are just throwing themselves no. out of the way because he's Putin. Dude, he's got Steven Seagal <laughs> teaching him moves. So I yeah, mean, dude, it's like Putin when he plays certified G. It's like when Putin plays in the KHL All Star Game. <laughs> yeah, he's he will Aikido slap you in the next week. All right, <laughs> Putin in the K- KHL All Star Game. He just dangles through all the Russian superstars like he's a uh, number one favorite jersey in Russia. Putin, Putin. number one. People Putin. say he's maybe the Russian Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, I think people refer to Wayne Gretzky as the Canadian Vladimir Putin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and now we're on his list. Oh yeah, yeah. What are you talking I'm about? Praising him. I'm I'm all on board, Putin. Well, it's like me out. I wouldn't want to be on Putin's list, and I don't want to be on Yevgeny Prigozhin's list. You, know, you get Yevgeny Prigozhin is linked not only to the IRA, but he also has been linked to what is known as the Wagner Group, and the Wagner Group essentially is Russian mercenaries. They are a Russian PMC uh, based at I think St. Petersburg, and they have been linked to operations and during the Ukrainian Civil War, Syrian Civil War. Uh, they've deployed into like the Central African Republic and like these dudes, what people say they're kind of, uh, their goal is that the normally what they'll do is deploy these troops from these PMCs out into areas of operations, wherever areas of conflict in order to downplay Russian casualties. Like these guys go on the front lines. Like they're basically just bullet you know meat shields just throw them out there bunch of universal soldiers or what right but they do the dirty work like they do the dirty work so that russia can you know technically they're not associated with the russian government at all russia denies any association with these guys private contractors these dudes always turn up with on the side that is this is this when they were like in kiev like they would have used like these kind of guys when that was all Uh, going on they would have used these guys for i think they said that these guys might have been uh, there's evidence to suggest that these guys were also involved in like the annexation of Crimea. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Back when. All right. Uh, so it's, 
yeah, these dudes are you don't fuck with these shady dudes. as fuck. And Yevgeny Prigozhin is shady as fuck. Uh, there's a uh, story about uh, investigative reporter named Lubav Obol, uh, who, Wait. with a colleague of hers. One more time, Lubav Obol. <laughs> Russian accent, uh, Lubav. Lubav Obol. Lubav Obol. She and a colleague of hers who are both investigative reporters took a drone in order to kind of catch some, you know, candid footage of Yevgeny Prigozhin's compound where he lives, this, this huge, you know, luxurious compound and where he lives. They flew the drone over, they got the footage. And a few days later, like they got, they caught on a security camera outside of her building. This was terrifying. I know so that you, was you terrifying. Up. Yeah, they looked it up because it was on. It was on some of the Russian reported on by some of the independent Russian news uh, agencies, where it was there was a man standing outside her apartment building, or her condo, or her townhouse, and this man was standing there seemingly waiting for her. And when her husband arrived at the door, uh, you know, asking the man like, "What you know? What are you doing here? Uh, you know, or, or just kind of just." doesn't even really look like he's even saying anything the man stabbed him with a syringe which see which later was determined had been filled with some sort of sedative oh. knocked the dude like knocked the husband out unconscious and then left jesus <laughs> what's going it's, on with lubob is she still alive or what she's yeah, still he's alive a she's still but alive. dude the video camera shows him hit, just fucking passed out on the street just like fucking flat out on the road just done and the guy just walked up just boop needles him like but yeah, people pay good up. money for that shit on the downtown east side. I just got a free trip. Oh, buddy, he's lucky he didn't get a free trip to never Morgue. being around. Yeah. <laughs> so the Internet Research Agency has been, you know, has been linked to like so many different uh, disinformation campaigns. It was heavily... Uh, it was heavily, heavily mentioned in the Mueller report. There's in part like the the first section Dan, of. I'm the- just going to interrupt you for a second before we get going into the Mueller report here in this section. Let's take a quick beer break, retop up the beers. Um, I have a feeling we're just scratching the surface on this one. We're going deep. Let's get a quick beer. Yeah, let's get a quick beer. We'll be right back. All right, and we're back. All right, Dan, you're getting into the Mueller report. Let's get into it. Uh, so the Mueller report beyond um whether you know you interpret what the you know political motivations leanings whatever all of that if you just pick out the parts about the evidence and, and what they've cited in there it's a fascinating read like if anybody hasn't sat down and read it it's really it's, it's actually really <laughs> wait good. Has, like, has, has the Mueller report been like completely is it completely public now or is it still redacted no 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 there's still redacted portions of it but you can read most of it get the, like you can read most gist. of it and it's it's really easily digestible it's not a bunch of legalese mumble jumbo it's not a thing it's it's kind of long but a lot of it you can read and whatever so I'll, I'll read it when the director's cut comes out unredacted <laughs> The Snyder Cut? Yeah. The Snyder Cut, unredacted, unedited. Can't wait for the Snyder it's Cut. darker, Please more serious. Be Please be good. Please. So a lot of the information that we have about the Internet Research Agency comes from the investigation of Russia's interference or, you know, alleged interference with the United States 2016 election. And it cites a lot of, um, you know, they brought in 
people to testify from all the social media companies. You got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, you know, people coming in and answering very specific questions about what, what accounts and, uh, what kind of, uh, activity was going on with accounts that were linked to the IRA. So within the report itself, uh, it identifies the spring of 2014 is when the IRA really started to, uh, what they say, consolidate U.S. operations uh, within, a, within a single department. So normally the IRA is kind of broken up into certain regions and kind uh, of just like I political will, Today leans. I'll be on Twitter. Uh, Andrew, you'll be on Facebook. Uh, then Instagram uh, and Zell Grinder. <laughs> no problem, comrade. No problem. That's good. This way I can play Farmville all day. Perfect. <laughs> you can play Farmville as long as you espouse the greatness of Russia and you tell the Americans that they have a stupid system of government and should be one president for life. <laughs> now... Uh, within the documents that they got and and uh, you know intelligence that they gathered about the IRA you had a nickname for these english departments and they call them translator the the english department or the english speaking department of the uh, internet research agency is technically uh, at least one investigative reporter uh, andrew chen seemed to figure out that the English one was kind of like the highest. These guys were kind of like the special ops of uh, of the Internet Research Agency. Like these people were very good because what they what they determined that they needed from these people was that they needed people who could, you know, effectively pose as Americans. They could type as Americans. They could, you know, very few grammar mistakes and they could uh you know, come across as genuine people of, you know, from America uh, online. Right. So it's, which is kind of difficult. It's not, it's not easy. So it was these people that had, you know, in-depth knowledge of the, the, the politics, you know, cultural, uh, you know, humor was a big one. Like, you know, having an understanding of like kind of what's funny and, and where, um, a lot of humor stems from like American sense of humor, those things. So you needed these kinds of people. And there was a very, you know, high echelon of the, of these people who work, work all together. So in the early days of what they deemed like the, when they took on the U S focus is that um, they would focus on impersonating people like individual people individual americans right so a number of accounts were created in order to just pretend that they were people right so they use, um, so these people would use they'd set up like a vpn like proxy server themselves from russia to pop up in kentucky or wherever with a like american name fake picture is that pretty much what they were doing mm-hmm, exactly um so these people would kind of post on each other's boards and like they all knew each other. So you would have people who would have, you know, some of them had dozens of accounts, you know, posing as, you know, different people from different areas of the United States, but they would all kind of post within. That's kind of how they figured out who was, you know, who knew who is that these people had these accounts, which were very shallow. Uh, if, if you went into them in the early days, like they're very, you know, 
they didn't have many hobbies. They didn't have many friends, you know, actual real life pictures of friends. Like they would have these profile pictures, but a lot of the profile pictures, like if you went and searched them up, they were actually stolen. It's not hard to do. There's filters you can do on Google image searches where you can find pictures of images that there's only one of on the internet currently. And you can find, you know what? somewhat obstructed views of a person's face. So you're not really sure who it is. You use that photo and then you take some, how you can type in house party. If you know how to use like search engines really well, you can type in house party and see like house parties where their images aren't shared widely. There's not, you know, thousands and thousands. It's not a stock image. There's only one and you steal those and you steal these pictures and you make a covert account. Like it's, it's not a hard thing to do. It's scary how easy it is. Basically, you're getting catfished by Igor and the IRS. 100%, man. 100%. Well, and then you got to think of like the days. Think about like, you know, think about fa- people who had Facebook. And, you know, if you were, if you had a picture of a mildly attractive uh, woman or something, maybe some cleavage, and you're just adding people, you will amass friends. And if you amass friends, your account looks more real. Yep. Like it's not hard to fool Facebook especially in the early days before there was two-step verification into having a fake profile, right? And then you ha- you have all access to all this all these people's information and it legitimized your account. Like, oh, this person was account. Look at all their thousand friends. Oh, a thousand friends, yep. All males. I all mean, males. we've all been there when, <laughs> when some random hot girl adds you to Facebook. You're like, I have no idea who this person is, but I'm going to roll the dice. Well, you're, you're at least okay. going to check. You're at least going to click the picture. <laughs> Except and okay, and then you forget you did it, and then you look six months later, you're like, Who are these 250 people on my account? Luckily, (sighs) most of those people are you know, you end up not with with the top flight English, you know, covert black ops. You get maybe one of the B team people that message you, Hello there, fellow American, number one beautiful day. Did you know maybe Obama not from America? He's born somewhere else. Isn't that crazy? Anyways, I love guns. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hey, fellow Canadian, uh, you hear latest story that Justin Trudeau is actually a love child of Fidel Castro and still follows his uh, his father's. You know, unbridled love of socialism. Uh, no big deal, eh? No. Uh, have another ho- now. Have another Horton, Tim. Okay. <laughs> I'll see you there. Double see double, you there. my friend. Double Dollarville. <laughs> Catch you at the Vancouver Canadian game. This is exactly exactly like that. Yeah, that's pretty. It's pretty scary accurate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, this was ramping up all until 2015, where they started focusing more. Uh, on actual creating larger pages and groups uh, that actually pretended to represent uh, a lot of U.S.-based interests, right? So these interests included things like, you know, anti-immigration groups, you know, Tea Party activists, Black Lives Matter activists, right? Er er All of the political structure, you know, political spectrum, you know, you you could put them. Like they were just forming up, popping up these groups. So in November of 2017, you had an actual Facebook representative that testified that uh, they had actually identified 470 IRA controlled Facebook accounts that actually made up to 80,000 posts between 2000, January of 2015 and August of 2017. 
Oh man, that's like I was just eighty thousand posts, dude. Well, I was reading about Reddit too. Did you see on Reddit there was over like nine hundred different accounts that they had to delete because they linked to the IRA too. And those are only the ones they figured out. Crazy. Those those are the B team. Yeah, that's that's Igor. The initial Facebook ones they think had a reach of like was over a hundred million people. So imagine that. Imagine a disinformation campaign that reaches a hundred million people. That's, that's insane. Yeah. That's crazy. So, so like you said, Facebook actually estimated that the IR reached up to like 126 million people uh, through their Facebook accounts alone. That's crazy. Right? That's insane. That's more reach than like all mainstream news combined. <laughs> right. And also the thing is, is that academics have kind of, you know, as, as this, this whole thing has come to light. Uh, there have been ap- academics kind of going back and forth, professors and and you know scientists who have kind of studied the the propagation of fake news and disinformation and you know uh, the utilization of of social media. Um, one one of the failings that people kind of point out, one of the you know what people would point out as a failing, some people would point out as a failing of the Mueller report is that it doesn't really say whether Russia uh, helped anyone win or lose the election or what uh, if they really influenced one side directly or anything like that um academics kind of seem to be on the fence about whether you can actually calculate or how to calculate whether these these fake accounts actually influenced anybody yeah. changed anybody's mind yeah i can see that oh, being you know? very hard to prove either. right you, it's you, difficult you want to see if you want to see the effects of the internet agency, uh, internet research agency on a local level in your community. Go onto Facebook and find your local rant and rave page, and you will see disinformation at the finest. Like in, I have a town. I live in a town that has thirty one thousand people. There is a rant and rave group of my town that has more people in it than there are people that live in this community. And all the time, there all it is is posts. It is extreme right. Extre- we are like a we are in a very left. Um, we're like a very liberal kind of area in BC, and all the posts on here are basically. A lot of them are just weird, like ghost accounts. Some are real people that are just pushing the same stuff, but it's it's all articles from like Rebel Media saying that like Trudeau's brother, uh, they don't talk about Trudeau's brother because he's an Iranian ter- terrorist who makes propaganda films for the Iranian government, and they'll just post this ad, and everyone will be like, "Ah, oh, fuck t- t- Trudeau!" I yes, knew that, that guy was fucking and they, evil. And they go, and then like you look into it, and you're like, "Well." This seems crazy. It seems like this would be a little more mainstream, but it'll be on this fringe like Rebel News that doesn't source this material. That like every other every other word is bolded and it is clickbait. Half the site is filled up with horny Asian singles in your dick neighborhood pills. that are looking for love and dick pills. Like it, it's just it's it's a scam site. Like I you I take one look at it and I'm like this is bullshit. But people believe this. You're stuff. like they those believe dick pills that, don't work. I know. Yeah, I, I know. Do. I've tried and they don't work. I don't believe this site. Actually, it had the but, opposite effect. And when you look into it, like the nugget of truth there is that like Trudeau's brother makes documentary films and one of the documentary films he made is he documented um America and um Israel's actions that have caused 
further extremists in Iran. It it it's not it doesn't it's not it's just a it, it's a film that sheds the light of actions that has caused more extremism in the region. I've I've watched it. I didn't think it was Iranian propaganda, but that's all it takes. And then the headline is that that's all that people look into, that's and that's it. And then you have willful idiots in your local communities that <laughs> get these things from the clickbait, which is probably popping up on their Facebook feed, and they're just posting it and spreading it around. Bullshit, man. I know for a fact that I saw the Ayatollah sitting on a cushion like Jab the Hutt, and Trudeau's brother was chained up like Princess Leia, dancing for him. <laughs> I yeah. seen it. I, I seen it, it on my on my local Facebook rant and rant. Yeah, I seen it. Uh, if you if you go into some of the studies uh, that uh, people have done, academics have done about the you know, disinformation or whether you want, or fake news, whatever you want to call it. They said that the most common uh, themes that a lot of these posts, the most shared posts, sh- um, like the, the common themes are usually f- something that, that provoked fear, disgust, or hate. I think that was the other one. That sounds right. Right. Or anger. Right. So, when you would see like any one of those three things, if you had one of those, that was usually a, a good indicator of that post was going to end up being shared because normally people will be more, you know, something that gets a more of an emotional response as opposed to something that's like a study or numbers or something like that. If it's a, if it's a picture of, you know, hungry, starving kids, and then it's got like something like, you know, Hillary Clinton did this, blah, blah, blah. You know, people will take that and then that's all they'll read. And then they'll just go ahead and post that. Like I, I, I personally run across stories where it was like they, they pull quotes from from random blogs and things like this. And I track down the blogs. I'm like, this is a Russia backed newspaper and like a spoof website. It was another one. What they like to do is like to take uh, uh, web addresses of what would be considered a uh, credible source like New York times. And they will be like, instead of New York times.com, it'll be like New York times.info or New York times. You know, ORG, whatever. Uh, and then they would put that in the thing. And then you just kind of post that as the thing. And it's like, Oh, this must be from the New York times. And it says that, you know, uh, Braden is planning. Braden from ATT is planning on killing all babies under the age of two or something. And it's like, ah, it's crazy. They're going to take that soundbite. Buddy, everybody's got that random radical right-wing uncle that just shares all that shit constantly on Facebook. Yeah, it's crazy. We all do. It's nuts. To be honest. Well, it, we're, not, we're not saying in Canada our right-wing is the same different than the American. The same guy that's sharing fucking Chuck Norris has died fucking on yeah. Facebook a thousand <laughs> times. It's not, and For me, it's not my crazy uncle. It's actually my mother at the moment. Oh Jesus! <laughs> oh no! Yeah, she's got she's sharing everything from all the coronavirus stuff right through five G and you name it. Bill Dude, Gates yeah, and the, the work. You'll see, like five G shit, like anti-immigration shit, like all this stuff. You're like, when you start looking into where this information is coming from, it's all like these fringe news sites that, like Dan said, don't make any. They're they're most of them are Russia backed, and they'll be you know misleading. Um, names to seem like they're credible news agencies. Like a lot of these ones of the 5G, especially like that's been proven now. A lot of those started as like 
as this dis- disinformation where Putin himself so if, is like praising 5G in Russia, but yet out of Russia, they're claiming 5G is causing Alzheimer's, cancer. You, the whole list is a mile long. And you're like, okay, but where's the, the note? And never a source, never something but like, oh, yeah, like they actually, here's, here's why. There's, ne- there's never a here's why. It's like, it's causing it. Don't ask why though. There's no, there's, is that's not there. Right. So, uh, like you mentioned, one of the big, uh, news outlets that kind of pushes a lot of this, uh, a lot of this disinformation or what people have alleged is, a there's a place called, it's a news site. And I think I, I'm sure if you've been on the internet for any long, you know, any measure of time and you've been down the conspiracy holes, like you've come across russia it's russia today rt 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 network and i see it pop up all the time i see it pop all the time dude and it looks looks so professional and back it looks so professional rt news most of the time that's why the kids does and they actually have like they have good segments sometimes there's actually kind of some good stuff on there that's really good but it is state funded it is funded by the Russian government. And it's genius. The documentary you watched is they how they operate RT News is genius because like 85, 90% of the time, they are like a really well-run, straight arrow. By the book journalism. Like news agency, yeah. by the book journalism. But then 15% of the time, they'll slip in some little, some little shit that's shady as hell. But because the majority of the time they're so good, people overlook it. They just go, oh, well, like that's RT said it. I guess like they're pretty good. It's gotta be true. I'll listen to that. It only makes sense, right? Uh, um, Zell mentioned it earlier. Like RT was one of the big pushers for the the five G thing. They actually aired a segment on one of their shows called, you know, five G: A Dangerous Experiment on Humanity. That was the title of the segment. Except a few days later, you know, Vladimir Putin was the one who ordered. Russian 5G to be go ahead. Let's uh, go deployed in Moscow. Yeah. He gave the go ahead for it to be deployed in Moscow. Yeah, but it's, Dan, uh, it's killing birds. Okay, birds dropping from the sky everywhere. Not the bees. Not the bees. Not the bees. Not the bees. They're in my eyes. You motherfuckers. Not the bees. <sighs> yeah, great movie, Wicker Man. It's not a great movie. <laughs> and it's, it's, watch and that movie. on the on the thing of R- RT News, though, is at the same. It's a Russian state funded news network. But the biggest funding they get is for their English segments, yeah, which is there you go. Like how many people really like are listening to English news in Russia? Can't be that many. But that that stuff's pumped worldwide. They got like some like 30 a, mil, a reach of like 30 million viewers or something crazy like that. Yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy that the reach they have and i see and i come across their stuff all the time rt and then when always when i see it like okay i'll read it like i'll read it give it a chance and then i you know i gotta check it myself but sometimes they'll post stuff and it's like it's not backed at all like it's like this is this is just really fringe out there like this is this is and it's one thing it's one thing to like present like fringe topics and theories and stuff as just that as theories and topics but a lot of times it presented as truth as fact right so when people read it, yeah. the headline says, this is this because of this and this. And you're like, oh, it's not like scientists, scientists or scientists like theorize that this may be this. It's not like it's not like that. It's never presented as like maybe this. It's like, no, this is it. And this is why. Right. And they'll usually like RT has this habit sometimes of bringing in from the articles. They'll bring in an expert 
but it'll be the one expert. Like it'll be the one guy who is saying something counter to what is the common, you know, whatever, whichever is the kind of like the, the mat, the consensus, like the scientific consensus of a certain topic or something like that. They'll bring in the one guy who does it. And then, and then they'll be like, and they'll give him a platform and they will, or him or her a platform to kind of go on. And they'll just be like, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Whoever's the cheapest to pay off basically. Dude. And then I bet you it goes like this. So you, you, you do that interview on RT, RT News, and then four or five year, years later, they source that that thing, same as like the the AIDS thing from before. They they source that six years later, like yeah, this expert said on RT News back here, blah blah blah, and that yeah. same thing over and over again. And like Braden said, they don't even wait five years; they don't have to wait. It's like two or three years now. It's like I see that stuff, and people will reference back to like an old RT article, and I'm like, that's what? <laughs> that's state funded. The thing is, is People say like, well, how do we know it's the Russians? And with the AIDS, you know, with the AIDS story, there was a lot of pressure. There was, you know, researchers and stuff um, back then who were looking into this Russian disinformation and they gathered enough evidence that they basically like everyone eventually was like, it looks like you did this Russia to the point where Gorbachev came out and was like, yeah, we did the, we did the AIDS thing. We're sorry. We don't do that again. Was it uh, Reagan? They, was it to Reagan? Was that the president? To Reagan, yeah. Reagan yeah. said it. Reagan like accused him of it and was like outright because my, mainly before that, before that, the the prevailing strategy had been to just don't address it, right? Because if you address it, deny, then you give it, you lend it credibility. Deny, 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 deny everything. That's rule number six of their seven step plan for disinformation. But I guess you can only deny for so long until the evidence is overwhelming and be like, eh, you caught me. Hey, sorry. Well, they've learned from that, that one, now because uh, now it seems like they it's lie till you die, or we kill you, <laughs> <laughs> or you die. Lie, lie yeah. till you die. Till you, till we decide you die. Suicided. Yeah. Um. You know, because I, I will go ahead and say this: like, if this doesn't sound like a plot to a like a super villain spy thriller i don't know what it does <laughs> uh, what a lot of people will attribute the the new like the formation of the ira and this kind of uh propagation of a new cyber war a lot of people uh russian investigative journalists and and historians will kind of they attribute a lot of this to uh the orchestration of one a, a guy named vichislav volodin and he used to be he was the deputy head of Putin's administration, and he was also his kind of architect of domestic policy. And one of his main tasks when he came in was to, you know, rein in the Internet. That was his thing. So, you- so he had installed in his office a custom designed computer uh, with a system loaded in it called Prism. Dope. which was specifically designed to monitor public sentiment online using up to like 60 million sources. So it's like and eagle eye? It's like cerebro. Yeah, basically. Supercomputer. And so what what the what the uh the company that built it advertised Prism as was they would say it actively tracks social media activities that result in increased social tension, disorderly conduct and protest sentiments and extremism. So fu- that's what it did. So it tracks that stuff and allows them to 
like scrub analyze it break it down be like this is what this is what gets likes this is what gets shared and this was back in 2011 oh, wow. so does, does russia have like free and op- open internet borders or is it like china where it has uh, like a state controlled like internet they've they're trying to get like their own internet there's there's definitely been push i think putin's pushing for like their own yeah what do they call it you like know why internet or something i've kind of heard of it like it, it's because they are so ahead of the game on cyber warfare right now that they identify like look how easy this is for us to do to everyone the only way for them not to be able to do it to us is if we have an internet that is controlled by us that is free from outside influence well it, and it's obviously like it, the, the russians are not the only ones that are doing this you know what I mean? There's no fucking chance. They might be the they best per- at it, but oh, they're the best at it by far. But there's, yeah, I know other other countries have been identified to having their kind of own kind of internet things. I know Pakistan has its own. Um, I believe probably, probably China, and I think North Korea probably has one as well. The one from Pakistan's the really bad one. What you get, you're like, this is so bad. This English is not <laughs> even right at all. Not yeah, even like, close. Step your game up, buddy. <laughs> get better. It's the same guys that are pretending the, uh, to be CRA calling they just, you. They just do the big <laughs> yeah. lie and then they stop. Yeah, it's like this, the studio phone line has because of like I have websites and stuff, and I I refuse to pay for like the privacy, so I always get these random calls and like emails of any any type any and every scam you could ever think of happening on the internet. I'm getting on a daily basis, and it's so easy to find it because half of the words are misspelled. <laughs> yeah, not even trying. Game up. You gotta you want to be good. You gotta get like the Russians. Perfect your English. Get all the right type, buddy. Figure it out. I almost got, I almost got had by one. Uh, it was from Apple, and had this exact same layout on the on the email. But at the very end, it said dot com with two dots. Dot dot. Oh shit! And I was like, what the You're fuck? I was like, I didn't all. order fucking this thing. It wants you to like put your password in, like verify the purchase. Almost got me. That was the closest one I got so far. Dot com. Dot dot. That's what it was. It was so weird. Anyways. <laughs> I mean, I've learned from experience. I have definitely sent some money to a few different Nigerian princes, <laughs> but like I'm on my game now. I know yeah, better. He's waiting. He's, you're waiting for your gold to return. Yeah. yeah. 10,000 return. But that's, that's not what the IRA is doing. The IRA no, no, is no, no. more like, they're like, all right, let's organize a white supremacist rally and like a black life or a black lives matter rally the same day in the same town. Well, they actually did that in Houston. Yeah, in Houston. Like that, like that's a real thing. They organized. It was, it so- was anti-Islamic groups, and and, and right? it was it was. Dude, that's the I first step. That's the first step in their seven-part plan, man. Look for the cracks to make things work worse. Oh, dude, there's so many cracks right now. They're, and, the, the world 2020 is nothing but fucking cracks. Dude, and you could you could maybe you could attribute the cracks to maybe the long game played by Russia over the last 40 years putting little wedges in just, the cracks. Yeah. A little wedge here, a little like, wedge <laughs> here, give it a little tap. Well, and then they get then this, they get like, outed, they they try a different tactic. They come in from a different angle, wedge from the other side, wedge the other way. Keep wedging long game. You could you could say that this is like a 40 year buildup of disinformation and probably in the last 10 years is probably worse than it's like the whole time Russia's been doing it in the last 10 years combined. But you could make a pretty strong case of saying like a lot of the stuff that's happened since the election, the election of the last administration in the United States 
could yeah you could track that back at least some of it back to uh i'm, good st- old I'm t- Russia. like it's i always found it funny that like um i don't know for the states but like on my when i'm looking on twitter and stuff i'll look at like the top whatever's trending um and i'll always find it very comical especially now after learning about the ira that you'll there'll be a hashtag that like trudeau must go and then a hashtag will be like sheer stupidity so sheer's the leader of the opposition party there'll be these two hashtags that are both trending number one and number two and i'm like well that's weird like how are both these trending and then you go and like so much of it is just like a random account that's like tweeting nothing and just throwing the hashtag on it but then the other the other pit is like real people getting upset being like yeah trudeau must go and like another person like well sheer's an idiot sheer stupidity and like the infighting just starts based on like someone that's tweeting like Animal Crossing, how much are your fucking bells today? Hashtag Trudeau must go. Hashtag sheer stupidity. And you're like, what? Like, that's all it took. That's all it took to get like two people that have opposing views to get together and argue. And the internet is such a fucking perfect place to build this fucking hatred because you don't have to look people eye to eye so you can just fucking fuck you, I hate you, and I hate your views. Dude, and, like, be free and clear of doing anything. You're like, oh, the, yeah. the internet's the perfect place, the perfect breeding ground for step five of the plan of uh, the useful idiot. They're everywhere. 100%. You can find them everywhere. Not that they're an idiot as a person. Ooh. Like, take them away from the internet, and you have like, have those two people have a normal conversation. <laughs> it might be different, but if, over the internet you take is take people a whole... away from the internet, you're, we're all idiots. Yeah, well, yes, I guess, but anyways... Yeah, it's it's an ongoing battle and it's going to keep going. Most most academics agree that this is going to be something that is it's it's either o- it's going to always be around. There's nothing really you can do because you can't you can't censor the internet. Nope. Right? You can't just kick everybody off because they have views that are differ from one another or things like that because that's not what the internet is about. Um while, you know, there will be some you know, whether they're state funded or not, you know, bad actors on the internet that are taking advantage of, you know, the, the pretty much the, the democratic nature of the internet where anybody can say anything and, and you're supposed to be kind of free from persecution of, of whatever that you're, you know, whatever your views are, you're not free from, you know, criticism, but you're not going to be, you know, you're not going to be thrown in jail for what you say on the internet unless something really, 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 you have to go, you, know, you have to go I, full tilt for that. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I, the one thing I wanted to touch on too that I found very fascinating in that documentary is one of the attributed things to the internet research agency is Pizzagate. And what they did was genius in the sense of when WikiLeaks released all those emails of John Podesta, there was an initial leak um, that was just leaked, that was just normal. But then when it was announced that there was going to be a second leak, Russia was like licking their chops and they were just leaking information along with the leak. So they were just slipping stuff in of just being like, these are like, they were having their bot accounts and stuff being like, this was in the emails. Oh my God. And they were making these links. And we, you know, we talked about useful idiots. We did an episode on it. And like now, now looking back, I'm like, yeah, but what, what in that episode was the useful idiot part? Oh, just doing an, just, just talking doing about an it in general episode about it at all, I would say. But there is doing there, an episode it, about it at all and saying that, 
You know, a lot of this information may or may not have come from Russia. Yeah, but is WikiLeaks Russia? No, but that's, that's, that's what I mean. Not, so what? They, so what? They used what, it to slip it in. Yeah, but what did they slip in? Is what I'm asking. Uh, that there's a basement at the yeah, Comet Pizza. Exactly. What I was yeah, say. but did they slip in like the pedophile code and all that stuff, or, or was that really in the emails? Well, now we're getting into some hyper normalization. I don't know what to believe anymore, Zell. Right. And there is. I don't know what to believe. You, you know, uh, uh, yeah, I get. I totally get that. But there is a rampant pedophilia thing going on worldwide. It's being. That's sl- your kernel of truth. Yeah, exactly. Right? Kernel of truth, sure. But like the Epstein stuff and all that. That's that's not Russia. That was that's a real thing. That's a real thing. But that doesn't mean it has anything to do with a pizza pizza place. Oh, comic pizza. pizza. Yeah. Okay. The comic. Yeah. The pizza place. Maybe not. But what the guy who owned the pizza place was it? Alfondis or whatever. That guy was fucking weirdo, man. Well, he got his storefront shot up, so... Yeah, but do you remember the inst- his Instagram posts and stuff? Anyways, we're getting off topic, but... A bit of a weirdo. I'm not saying you can't... You can't weirdo, d- but don't, I- don't just say that's all propag- <laughs> it's all Russia, because there is some A lot pretty, of it. There is some pretty weird stuff currently going on in the world with that, so... I mean, I but know, the, every... You have to recheck it now. I have to go every, back and revisit it. Like, when you were naming these different places that have these agencies like Pakistan and China and whatnot, but, like... You know, every every country has their own way of doing something like this. Like, look at COINTELPRO. It's almost the same fucking thing, just different strategy. That's why I was actually going to say that. Like, what? It's pretty easy. It's the same thing. It's pretty, pretty easy much. to blame Russia if you imagine it was just the, like a modern day COINTELPRO. Yeah. You blame yeah, Russia. Well, it's, but it's really you're, the, you're doing it to your own people. Well, that's See, what I we're would totally now. believe that if. You know, the United States was out there killing journalists, journalists like at the rate that Russia is. Yeah, but like, look what they well, look what they're doing to their own people. Look what they did to the Black Panther members. You know what I mean? That we talked about. Like that's you slaughtered your own people. No, no, no I under no, I understand that. What I'm saying is that I would believe that the you know the current IRA thing is some sort of you know COINTEL deep state thing. COINTEL pro at, run by the CIA NSA. Homeland Security, oh, I, whatever. I don't, I don't think they were so. killing I more think, journalists. No, I think, uh, I think we're like in the West. We are, we are, we haven't quite caught on the level that they're able to manipulate us using these these tools, and we're so far behind the game. Um, like in the documentary we watched, we I, Dan, what was the documentary called again? Operation Infection. Operation Infection. Check it um, out. but like, there's other countries that it's so bad there that they have to dedicate like primetime, like news shows that it's just like, all right, this week in Russia propaganda <laughs> that like disinformation has been this. So if you read this story, this is Russian propaganda. That's a good idea. This is Russian propaganda. We need this. this is, you, we that's need always that. a good idea. Dude, Dude, what the Russia is doing is so fucking genius because even if we had a show right now, if we had a show... <laughs> Every yeah. Sunday night that was like, hey, listen, this is what Russia's doing. Like, did you read this? And on the internet, this is Russia, this is Russia. There's a little part of me that my just like overall distrust of the government wouldn't think that, yeah, maybe they're disproving 85% of Russian news, right? Just like we say of RT. But 15%, they're just saying, they're attributing <laughs> shitty things that they're doing to Russia fake news. That's Funny. what I'm saying. Like I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't believe anything. No, I, I hear you, but I'm, I think in that, like, 
all, we all that's almost like the next step of trying to combat this. It's not saying it's Russia, just like here's news from around the world. We're going to dissect it. We're going to go through the sources and we're going to see what happens if we can track down where it comes from. If you try and take like governments and like countries out of it, just be like, all right, this 5G is uh, causing autism at an accelerated rate. Uh, it was posted by this and this and you go back and you go through it and you try and like reverse track where it, it comes from. It makes me wonder. It it really makes me wonder. Like when I was watching this documentary and doing some of these readings, all, all these fake stories and these stories, you know, of like vaccines are, you know, dangerous. Don't take vaccines. The earth is flat. How much of this shit like, you know, was maybe out there <laughs> and just like propagated by the RR. IRA, right? Where they were just like, let's fucking go with it. Like, just make it, right? This is this will cause dissent amongst people, right? It's simple, as stupid as, oh, the Earth is flat, the Earth is round. You're a fucking idiot. Well, you're an idiot, right? It's like all these little things just create. It's just fanning the overall fire. Well, think about vaccines is a perfect example. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just fanning flames; it's actually spreading fucking disease. disease. It's killing people. You have people bleed. Like back, we're, we're having diseases re- return that we haven't seen in fucking years, man. Like the ramifications of spreading that you we're, so we're talking actual human lives lost because of this. And I, like I said, I don't know how, like how much of this could be attributed IRA or not, but I'm, it made me question as I was watching this documentary question that everything. Mixed with watching hyper normalization. I'm like, I don't, I honestly don't know what the fuck to believe anymore. <laughs> it's fucking it, I crazy. Just, I qu- Fucking question everything. That's all. That's all. Question everything. Yep. Yeah. The, I would say the one drawback to having a democratically elected government and society is that in order for that society to move forward, usually what is needed is a general consensus on what, you know, makes up reality. What, facts are you know when you don't have that when you don't have this general consensus and you don't have you know logic based or you know evidence based policies going out like it just stalls you know you you can't get anywhere you're stuck you have people instead of like you have people there was a great great quote in one of those uh links you send us it was like Russia's pretty much got people debating f- whether it's fact or not instead of finding solutions to problems. So we're stuck at this debating if it's even real or not. We're just stuck there. No solutions can be made because we're just stuck debating if what was said is even real or not. And they're stuck. And then Russia, you know, Russia's over there just like, good, good, well, good, excellent. Mr. Burns in it. Yeah. 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 He was like, yeah, yeah, Victor, that flat earth uh, misinformation was a great idea. I'm sorry for doubting you. Americans are very stupid. You're right. Oh, comrade. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I could. When you, when you first mentioned it, I said, uh, there's no way Americans are so stupid to say the earth is flat. However, I was wrong. <laughs> it caught, caught on like wildfire. Even Jaden Smith. <laughs> <laughs> love he love it son of son of will you you, you know will, yeah. will smith he's, he's the you great know fresh prince <laughs> you know the big willie style <laughs> bel air yes yeah. i believe that's the uh, top 40 right now big willie style number one hit song at the disco <clears throat> anyways it's a uh, it's definitely made it's part of the reason because dan mentioned this a long like months ago now it's part of the reason we have not been touching the current conspiracies because they're 
you just don't know. <laughs> you know, you just what? don't know anything. It's so it's like it's been so much work. <laughs> like it's it's more work to kind of sort through everything because there's so much. It used to be like you just had a fo- a couple of, you know, out there articles or books or things that are published and you'd be like, "Okay, I got to go through that." Now, it's just there's so much stuff out there and you have to sort through a lot of it and it just gets posted and shared and uh one of my one of one of the things I read about is how how these, you know, they're basically trolls is what they are. Russian trolls. Yep. And what they're doing is now they're like evolving. What kind of their, trolls their, are we talking about here? Are we talking about the type that live under bridges or yeah, yeah with, with the fucking ones keyboards that, uh, and with the, turn with to the hair? daylight? Yeah. Okay. If you kill uh, to kill them, you have to hit them with fire or acid or they'll reach milk. Little milk. <laughs> yeah, milk. Like <laughs> Ernest P. Whirl. Oh yeah, or milk. Yeah. Yeah. It shoots out their nose. Um. God, I used to hate that movie. What? Not Ernest like, P. Hey, movie, like I was scared stupid? of the troll. The troll is ugly as oh, hell. Okay, like, yeah, fuck. that fucking movie's awesome. Um, so uh, these trolls have been evolving. Um, <laughs> now, and you you'll see this like if you've got that one person in your Facebook friends, uh, whether it's a family member or a friend, you know they will post what looks to be screen captures or screenshots. That's right. Nice. A lot of the conspiracy stuff that you'll see, um now is like screenshots right this is because this gets around a lot of the kind of algorithms uh that social media sites use to kind of target disinformation or um, hate speech or things like that because their algorithms only detect certain words or phrases within text right it's in a picture it doesn't pick it up there's no way yeah there's no way to scan it Right. So that is one of the things that people of uh, some academics and some people say, I think places like Germany where they where they it was a big thing where they banned memes or at least Russia, too. I think it banned memes. <laughs> or Russia or France. I can't remember. There was some big deal where they banned memes. Germany. Because, yeah, it was Germany. Did yeah, it. Germany had banned memes. And that was like a big deal. And I never really understood it at first because I'm like, oh, that's just like, you know, that's crazy. I'm like banning memes like memes are funny yeah, most of the time, you know, apparently I, but I don't go on the message boards where it's like they use memes to kind of propagate and people say also radicalize youth into these kind of ideologies that that spread either hate or racism or things like that. Um, but that's what people were using because that gets around those filters. It gets around those algorithms because it's in a picture and not specifically text. So anytime that I see like a, people send in like a screenshot or something of like a, a Twitter post or a Facebook post, flag goes I'm up. automatically like already like boom, red flag like, um, mm. bullshit Raiders going off. Yeah. Yeah. So, ugh. so hopefully, it, hopefully after talking about all this stuff now, maybe people will be a little more informed as in just yeah, give just it a, a just second a, thought before you a read a deeper. headline and take just a dig, belief. Yeah. Just dig a little deeper. And if you don't really know, I think uh, just not, just don't share it is the best way forward. Yeah. Because if you don't sh- or I mean, if just, you share, just share it, be like, I'm not sure about this. Like, you know, whenever I share something with people, I usually make sure for me personally, I check like who wrote it. Right. If, if I can find the author and I can click on it and I, I have a biography about them and they actually exist, I'm like, okay, what, who published it? The website, I usually check the about me page. Right. And I, you know, I check the websites about me, about us or whatever, and their mission statement or whatever they have. And there's stuff in there that seems kind of either, you know, leaning one way or the other. And it's not like we, we strive to uh, provide 
unbiased, you know, objective reporting. That's usually the kind of keywords I look for when I'm looking for stuff. That if it doesn't say that, then I'm like, okay, I'm out. So basically, at the end of this thing, we're gonna actually we're gonna attach Dan's phone number and email, <laughs> no. yeah. and just send him all your stuff, <laughs> and he's gonna sort and through it and let you guys check know. It through it. He'll let you know where, where it's from if it's good or not. He's gonna yeah, let you I know if it's too legit. I get stuck. People send stuff into us, and I get stuck like for half a day, like going into these little rabbit holes and like figure this. I wouldn't even call them rabbit holes; they're more like badger holes because you go down there and you're just like get out and you're like, "Fuck, what did I just read?" Like, ah, oh, it hurts. <laughs> That's why I don't read. Exactly. <laughs> Blissful ignorance. Yeah. That's it, why we have to give Brayden pictures. Yeah. And, just a bunch um, of pictures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Anyways, I think we could, um, uh, it's, you could talk about this for a while, but we got to, let's, let's yeah. start wrapping it up a bit. All right. Let's, uh, well, let's, um, let's, we didn't have a lot for space news, so let's skip it for next week. Why don't we get in, Zell? You got a theory of the week. Who who sent in that? Doth thou even theorize? Okay, this is oh, one of the greatest photos, like renderings we've got since we started the podcast. This week's theory of the week is Tyler Klein. He put yeah, our fate, our heads on like what is this? Like eighteen hundreds, like military, and like eight, probably eighteen hundreds or what? What era are we talking here? Anyways, I'll if you're watching the live stream, I'll pull it up. If you're not watching the live stream and you want to check it out. You can go to Facebook, go to the YouTube tab, or go to YouTube and search for Alien Theories Theorizing. I mean, it's unbelievable. I'm not a military. I'm a Renaissance man. So, so. <laughs> for, I think Zell's, Zell's is an actual photo. I, I might. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm. It, that's an actual yeah. photo that they just the, found. The lighting. That's the, yeah. That's a that's a photo. The that's rest real. of ours were photoshopped. So I, I I'm a an 18th century uh, military general. That's just that I've been a vamp. I've been alive this for six, is back six during the Romanov days. I've been, I've been yeah, alive for six hundred years. <laughs> Braden is I've some got, type of. See, I don't know what that I've is. I've got very dainty shoulders. That's I was going to say your shoulders are head. so tiny. Yeah, <laughs> here's Braden in a 18th century French salon. <laughs> that is very. Yeah. That is very. You know, like I like the large head because that is very uh, fitting. Accurate. Yep. Big Every head. episode, my head gets a little bigger. You do have narrow shoulders for a big dude, but look at that. Those little things. Those little pinner shoulders. Look at those little tiny things. Look at it. <laughs> Anyways, we'll go next. Uh, we got Dan here with his. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I love it. Well, with this I giant fucking hat is rad. Feather yeah, and hat. It's a Maester's hat. That's a Maester's hat. That feather, that real, that that feather real seconds Maester's as a pen. <laughs> it seconds as a pen. Yeah. And you pull it out. <laughs> That's and uh, great. last we got Andrew. Oh, that's <laughs> great. Pure Renaissance in. Wear the big yeah. hat. Wow. I'm being Those painted are... right now. Oh, dude, it's that's so funny. Is. Yeah. You got yeah. a fucked up thumb. Oh, yeah. That's even realistic. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, it's just good. So, like theory it. of the week, Tyler Klein. Yeah, thanks. That, that was, gave that us a good so laugh. Good. We, I like those. Doth thou even theorize? Yeah. Doth thou even theorize? Does thou know what I mean? Yeah, that was just yeah. so Did good. Did I fucking say, thou it? Know it? Did you guys hear what it? I Doth mean? thou even pronounceth? Someone made fun of me. Um, I mean, I don't even think I said it tonight. Fact check. What, are you talking about, you know no, what I mean? No, I, I, I didn't know what you mean all, all night, I don't think. I took a finger exactly. I, I took a finger count, but I lost count, so there you go. Oh, really? <laughs> I've been trying. I I kept it down to one beer. I usually, when I kidding. drink too much, it's, they just start <laughs> I, fucking flying. Oh, then we know what you mean. I only noticed it yeah, when yeah. you got drunk and then people started calling you out and I was like, oh, wait, yeah, maybe he does say it all. <laughs> Man, that one time where I caught myself saying it, my I, my brain broke. I was like trying that's to finish the, the sentence without saying anything. <laughs> yeah, uh, Everything you know like rebooted. I 
mean. Oh, <laughs> you, man. And then I ended up saying it anyways. Like, there was no yeah. way around it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's great. <laughs> anyways, I got um, uh, some patro- patrons. New Patreon patrons. supporters. Patrons. If you would like to support, if you want to su- support your favorite podcast and get a whole bunch of extra content, go to patreon.com slash alien theorist podcast or find the link in the podcast notes. And uh, you get a, yeah, you get your own private feed and get a whole bunch of bonus goodies. A whole bunch, baby. Early I access would, to I'm not, like humble brag, humble brag. We probably do more than most podcasts on Patreon. Most, I would say. Not all. I would say I would I'm gonna say most. if 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 you're like taking Patreon as a whole of what podcasts do, we're in the one percent of people who do it right. Yeah, you so get a whole nother podcast. You do. Almost. Almost. You get a few. We are the one percent. <laughs> you probably get. You got to be getting close to a, a hundred hours of bonus content that's not available. For I think we're we're getting got to be getting close to a hundred hours for sure. Anyways, newest supporters we have: Gary Magden, Avis Lee, Victor Farrow, not Agent Mudler in disguise. I'm not sure if he meant to put like Agent Molder, but Mudler. Not no, he's a muddler. He's maybe muddler. he's a bartender. He Not a agent muddler in disguise. Jason Barnett, Austin Brown, Joe Romero, Jed Hogg, Dylan Crow. Oh, genius little guy here. Hugh G. Rex Rexon. Hugh G. Rexon. Well, that guy's yeah. He's on Patreon. Hugh yeah, G. Rexon. He's on he's Discord. He fucking burned me really good one day. <laughs> and last of the week is that boy Philly. So we appreciate Woo! the support. And not only do you get access to all our bonus case files, but you get access to our Discord server, which has taken on a life of its own. It's the same thing. That's cool. That community is awesome. Man, we got uh, some of the different nicest people. people in there and artistic people. There are people oh, posting in some like just really cool people make a lot of shit and it's like how do you do that i don't know people are posting like their artwork like paintings drawings way it's, more talented it's, we got us. some knitters in there it's turned from just a like yeah, podcast like chat room to like a creative commons of a whole bunch of people <laughs> like it's so cool yeah it it is re- it's taken on like i said it's taken on a life of its own but i'm saying that like if people were fucking around on discord you're getting the ban hammer instantly because that's a that's a place of creation it's awesome like just such a good place to support. Um, you get access to that too on our Patreon. So yep, join all me. all supporting your favorite show. So we got a band of the week or what? Yeah, it's going to be my band this week. I'm not going to play a Zeltron <laughs> original because I actually we got a new song coming out next week. So I'm going to play it one of our old songs to remind you that we are still a band. And next week I'll be playing the first single in over a year and a half. So be pumped for that. So this week I'm going to play a song called Nothing to Lose. So if you're a fan of your band called in case this is the first episode that anybody ever listened if to, if you've never listened to the show, this our my, ba- my band is called, <laughs> oh, you motherfucker, I'll kill you. <laughs> it's called Lucky, Barrel of Monkey. called Lucky Monkey. You can find it anywhere music is found. <laughs> this song's called oh, Nothing to Lose. I'm going to yeah. end the podcast before we keep going about the monkeys. <laughs> Barrel of Monkeys is great. I like that. Monkey's Lunch. <laughs> monkey's Lunch. Uh, all right. Thanks, everyone. And as we always say at the end of these things, keep those eyes on the skies. Peace, everybody. Nothing to live for, nothing to lose. 
Just like a kid again, yeah. 